Hey everyone, it's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings, although some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Broadcast Network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after show entertainment. After Buzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Machiavelli in this. All through your body. What's up, everybody? You're tuned into AfterBuzz TV for Black Jesus Season 1, where Episode 6, it was titled Love Thy Neighbor Part 1. I'm your host, Bam Erickson, and I would like to introduce our panel. That is Masters in the house. And very... Oh, I was going to give you a nice oh, big Oh, please, grab. yes. I'll just sit here. I'm sorry. Okay. This lady, she is the brilliant lady who is responsible for casting of the Black Jesus series on Adult Swim. What a terrific job she's done. Please put your hands together for After Buzz. Welcome for Amber Bickham. Amber Bickham's in the... Hey! Yeah! How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me on this hot, hot summer day. Mm -hmm. How are you enjoying the success of um, the show? It's it's a little unreal. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm happy that so many people like it. And every Friday afternoon when the ratings come out and we've won the night before, Mm -hmm. I'm blown away. I can never get used to that. Yeah. So that, it's really exciting to be the most watched show on a Thursday night on cable. There's so many cable channels. So yeah. for us to be number one is amazing. So do you sometimes sit back and be like, yep, that's me. <laughs> I, did, I did that. <laughs> you just have moments to yourself. You don't, you know. The first week, mm-hmm. because when, when the trailers came out, especially the extended trailer that was super hardcore and yeah. there were so many people hating and we had the change.org petition and there was there was so much resistance before the show even aired mm-hmm. so when we won that night and not only did we win that night on cable we beat Fox we beat NBC we beat ABC and we beat the CW the only network we didn't yeah, beat check that CBS. Adult mm-hmm. Swim in the house banging so, on people so when I read that yes the cast and I we were very happy and it was very in your face <laughs> But I've, I'm humble now mm-hmm. every week, and I'm, I'm humbled every time that I see it now. Okay. Well, we want to get your thoughts and perspectives because, you know, you were uh, there from the beginning. So let's okay. just go right into uh, Thursday's episode. So Jason 
is now has quit his job at the valet. Yes. And he's now working back with Black Jesus and the crew. Um, Jesus. Jesus. With Jesus. He's working for Black Jesus <laughs> and kind of slash Miss Tootie. Yes. Because he's he's uh, working with the sauce. Yes, right. he's cooking the sauce. He's cooking the sauce. So now he quits his job. And so now he's back with the crew. And um, when he had the conversation with his, with his uh, girlfriend, Diane, mm-hmm. you know, she's pissed. Like, you know, you quit your job. Yeah. You broke the rules. Give me back my Jordans. Yeah, she just bought him $300 J's because, as a reward for the job. And then he quit the job low-key. I, I would want my J's back. I'm sorry. Not that oh, I would buy no. $300 J's for a man that I had to beg to get a job, then had to get him a job myself, and he's a valet. So I don't know that I would reward him with $300 can J's. I just, can, can I say something? Sure. I valet. What's the... No, I'm just saying. No, like, she's basically saying like this is three hundred dollars. Yeah, like that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. And why should she? Why should she reward him with getting a job when he should already have a damn? Yeah, job? he should already have a job. I'm trying to defend Jason, but it's really difficult. <laughs> just because I want to play the other side, but there was one thing that he did say. He says that you know he he got the job. Now he got a job now that pays more. That's hustling forward. Right. Do you buy it? That no. makes sense, though. But, I mean, think about it. It's like, okay, you shouldn't want the Jays back. She should want the Jays back if he just quit his job and wasn't working. If he upgraded to a better job, it's all about a matter of just having a job. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't have to micromanage her man and be like, I don't want you hanging out with those bums, blah, blah, blah. If he's working and he's making more money, then that's like common sense. Why would you work at this job making less money when you could – work over here make yeah but money. he didn't like the job so I feel like him reminding her that it paid more was just to try to get her onto his side he would have worked at the garden even if it paid less he didn't want to work at it. he didn't want to be a valet well let me just say this so if Diane has the right to take the shoes back what the hell is she going to do with the shoes she can't take them back she can put them up on eBay somebody will buy them okay <laughs> <laughs> or Amazon yeah. Or Craigslist. Or Craigslist. there's that new pawn shop in New York that's just J's. Have you guys heard about that? No. No. There's a pawn shop. Oh, hell no. There's a pawn shop you that a guy started me. in New York that's just J's. That is so smart. Isn't that, it? That dude is who came yeah. up with that. Yeah. That Ship is pretty on dope. Out. Jordan's Pawn Shop. Let me look this up right mm-hmm. now, you guys. This is <laughs> we're crazy. in the middle of an interview. You can't do it. Now we're gonna go back. We're gonna <laughs> go back to Jason uh, later on in the show. So then now we have uh, Black Jesus at Miss Tootie's house. You have Jason stirring the pot for the sauce, and so now they're selling veggies to the garden, mm-hmm. and then they're selling the tomatoes to cannabis organizations. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I don't know why the cannabis organizations, I mean, you can take that mainstream, especially if it's just based on if it's but, just fruit. But I Jesus mean, just, Jesus didn't want to force God's love on anybody. He mm-hmm. wanted it to be your choice. That's why they're not giving it out in the garden anymore. Yeah, and that's he did say he that. He didn't want to take away free will. Because when you eat the vegetables, or when you eat the green vegetables, you're filled with God's love. And that has to be something that you want to do. It can't just be forced on you. Well, they're abusing the heck out of it right now because he yes. didn't give... Uh, uh, Diane a little bit of bruschetta mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was starting to feel okay baby uh-huh. like she was feeling herself like feeling all good I mean even Charlie Murphy was I yeah, was like it's all love and no fear there's no there's no negativity in anybody's um, energy when they eat the tomatoes which is great it, ma- it made me want tomatoes it, it was a, it backfired with the whole 
but Vic situation. Yeah, but for because pe- he didn't know. Yeah, yeah, that goes back to it. He didn't know. But then, if they're if they're selling the the um, the special tomatoes to the cannabis organizations, people think they're high off of marijuana, but they're really high off of God's love. Yeah, but at least the people that are going into the cannabis clubs are going in to take something that is going to change them. They're they're consciously making that decision. Uh, I see what Whereas you're the gardener, you know, remember the wife that was really angry. Yeah. Her husband didn't know he didn't he didn't make the choice, and yeah. that I think that that was the issue that Jesus had. Drogas. <laughs> there are drugs on this side. Shout out to Julia Vera who played that role. She was fantastic. Yeah, yeah she, she was really she good on that part. And so now. I thought one of the funny scenes is when they were in the site, the house of Miss Tooties, and they were taking the headshot. They were doing the, the I call them headshots because I'm an actor. But oh, oh they, the, the, the avatars, the yeah, profile pics. Yeah, yeah, the profile pics. And so, you know, they have this lady who's kind of, she's kind of like the, um, I guess, the spokesperson for, for the, the sauce. For the sauce. And <laughs> Callie is like, she looks like a white Italian version of a mammy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm not Italian. I'm Armenian. And Callie is, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying Callie, I'm sorry, Mag. Maggie. Maggie. Mag is like, what is an Armenian? Right. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. That was, that was very funny. Yeah, I love that there were just two different perceptions. Mm-hmm. Like, Maggie recognized that it was a stereotype and was offended by mm-hmm. it even though she didn't truly even understand mm-hmm. ethnicities, ethnicities and what they should look like anyway. Yeah. And then Miss Tootie had the same perception but in a good way. Oh, this is perfect. She looks yeah. like a... She looked like a... What is it? Ancient Italian Mama? Butterworth yeah, Butterworth, she said? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was funny. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. <laughs> and then so Trayvon... So Miss Tootie is getting ready for her profile pic because now she wants to now try this whole online dating thing. Right? Yes. She's trying to get it in. She's trying to get it in, and she goes into uh, she goes into what she's looking for. She wants, you know, uh, a religious man, uh, someone who respects the fact that you know she's a business. She just has this whole she's an independent woman. Yeah, yeah. she's into home mm-hmm. decor, all that. Right. Yeah, and so she's into all of this. Um, what do you think about the fact that Mrs. Tootie now wants to get into the whole social media, the online dating thing? What, I think it's hilarious. What did you think? I thought you were uh, wasn't it inspired by marketing for the for the for the stuff for the sauce anyway. I Did, thought, isn't, that, isn't that what kind of like sparked it? <clears throat> for some reason, I thought that's what sparked it. Like she wanted to get in the like it had to do with marketing. No, I thought that, no, I just think that it just happened to happen the same day because they had the camera out and Trayvon was going to help her do that, too. Uh, okay. Yeah. She's okay. just trying to get her freak on. I think she should get her freak on. Miss Tootie cute. <laughs> yes, Tute. she is. Miss Tootie. Miss Tootie. Yo, Vic is out of control with his old suits. Yes. His clothes are off the chain. And, speak, and speaking of Vic, so now when they're at the community garden, Vic with councilman um i forgot it was just councilman which is played by dc curry uh-huh. so now they're there with the protesters across the street and they're you know causing havoc and fish is not liking it you know it seems that vic is not going away with this yeah vic vic is convinced that jesus is just um a bum and a con man mm-hmm. that has everybody under a trance and is trying to build some cult, cult leader yeah mm-hmm. Which is really funny. But what was so funny was he brought this councilman over who so happened to be a former pimp from <laughs> Long Beach. Who had a one-eyed... Aren't all councilmen... Uh, one-eyed worker. No, I'm just kidding. He had a one-eyed worker in the past. Right. One one-eyed worker. 
<laughs> wait, what are you talking Oh, cutratebitches.com. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. He had uh, on earrings. And he had on two earrings, not just one, like old school 90s, two and earrings. And a sharp like, suit. Like he was a pretty boy. Like he was still like 19 years old. I was like, <laughs> why is he wearing two earrings <laughs> like it's 93? And he's, <laughs> and he's a 19, 18, 19 year old. That was hilarious. Like that whole scene was funny. What I thought was also hilarious is when is when Fish and him leaving the car, there was something that Vic said to DC Curry's character. Did he, he said, uh. Use the wrong hoes, nigga? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, what's his name? Uh, Booney? Booney. Mm-hmm. And Booney was like, uh, he told Vic, you're not supposed to wash your suit with your, with with your, your jeans. jeans. With your jeans. <laughs> your suit jacket with your and jeans. He, and he looked at himself. And he looked at himself <laughs> like crying. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> Okay, so now let's go for it. So now that now that you know Vic obviously is not letting up on this, so now you have you have Black Jesus fishing them. You have them all now in the um, out in front of departments, right? Um, and so now they're trying to figure out what to do. And so Black Jesus says, "Let's all pray." Right. Fish is not wanting to pray. He's like, "Get that blanket off me." He's like, "Get the blanket <laughs> off me." And so when they have this prayer, this reminded me of church so okay. much because they're doing this prayer. And it's like right when you think, okay, in Jesus' name we pray. <laughs> then you got this preacher that want to go on and, and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> and what's funny is like my dad, who is who's a minister, when you pray too long, he will cut you off. What will he say? Amen. No. Yes, he will. If you start, if you go, if you're praying long and you're going on and on and on. He he'd be like in all settings or just at like at the Thanksgiving dinner table. No, like at church. If if you if you go on too long, he'll he'll either <clears throat> he'll like if like if it's me, he'll clear his throat, telling me like basically hurry up. Or if if we're like in the church setting, yeah, he'll be like, all right, in Jesus' name, we pray, Amen. <clears throat> wow, <laughs> I would love to experience that live. I like to experience a long prayer from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to experience a prayer from you. <laughs> really? <laughs> Short or long. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> well, anyway. Heavenly Father. Uh, I thought I thought the prayer was long. And then once once uh, Fish says, all right, nigga. Right. <laughs> he says, amen. And How you going to sit there and big himself up during the prayer the whole time? In my most wonderful, masterful, my most benevolent name. my You know, he was just like yeah. going on, Sometimes. talking about like bigging himself up. It was like for real. He goes in. <laughs> he goes yeah. in. He goes in. He goes in. But you know like that's most benevolent. <laughs> that's what preachers do. They will go in and just mm-hmm. they'll just keep going and going and going and going. And you're just like you know at like, that moment. Come on. Yeah, your eyes are closed, and then the next thing you know, you like looking up around and just like. <sighs> Fish never closed his eyes. Like, Fish never closed his yeah. eyes. Every I think everybody looked up except for Trayvon. Trayvon, he stayed. Trayvon is a loyal servant. Boy, man. yes he is. You have to have that Trayvon. Those, like, I love that. Trayvon. Yeah, he's very faithful to uh, to Black Jesus. That was great casting, by the way, by having him play that part. Oh, I Andrew Bachelor. Andrew Bachelor. He's a funny dude. If you ever watch his Vine videos, you see how diverse he is. Yeah, because he's it, nothing you know, like Trayvon. He's not. But that's nothing. what makes it funny. So yeah. I'm sure when he read the breakdown, it was kind of like, oh, I'm going to nail this character. And like, he did. Yeah, he, he nailed, nailed it. it in the audition. Yeah. He just was. He's just fantastic. And he says funny little things sometimes under his breath that you really have to pay attention to Trayvon and catch like he's just everything he says is funny like in episode 5 when the um, when the Mexicans was saying you know how short short is him and he was like well, actually I'm, I'm, he was I'm like 5'10 yeah, actually I'm 5'8 I'm 5'10 <laughs> 
Yeah, he, he's very quiet, but he really drops well, with those. With Shalinka. <laughs> yeah. When, um, cause Shalinka beat him up in episode four, right. and then him and G went to the house. He said, let me just take a few steps back before she comes. Like, everything he says yeah. is just that batch, man. He's Who plays Shalinka? Dominique Witten. She's she is a comedian. The heck out of me. Shout out to Dominique. She is an amazing comedian. She's on Def Comedy Jam. She's mm-hmm. on the Tom Joyner Morning Show. She's amazing. Yeah, she was funny. And she amazing. She played the hell out of that role. Yeah, she, she was did. fantastic. I was like, oh, she nailed this character. She was fantastic. Every aspect of that role she like nailed because she just, yeah. When Black Jesus is like, you know, um, he was like, yeah, you know, we got a community gun. She was like, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> like, just uh, just the subtle things that she said or how she said it. Like, And she and, so, and a lot of it sometimes was improv, too. Like, she, when she would say, ain't nobody talking to you, Trayvon. She just don't even need no assistant. <laughs> just, I mean, she just would make stuff up. It so was, that was improv. Yeah, it was improv. That was yeah. great. She's good. She's yeah. funny. She's really she is. Just, things just come to her. She's fantastic. Well, and speaking of fantastic, we want to talk about all the fantastic fans that we have out there that's always supporting us on iTunes. So make sure you guys continue to support us here at AfterBuzz TV and go to iTunes, subscribe, comment, rate, and le- um, and tell a friend. And if you guys want to call in and you know get your put your two cents in, ask us any questions, ask our beautiful guest here, Amber Beckham, any questions while she's here, while we got her here. <laughs> you guys can call in 424-256-1633, 424-256-1633. Watch a cast member call in and ask me something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, Amber, what you doing there? <laughs> I was just thinking like, oh, Lord, who's going to call? <laughs> what All right, so now um, – so now that Vic has it out for him, and now that Vic has it out for um, for Black Jesus, Miss mm-hmm. Tootie gets the, her first notification from. Um, I guess like there's these apps now that's online when you're on when you're dating. Mm-hmm. There's these apps where it literally tells you like someone lives two point two miles from you. And so it was one of those kind of apps, and so Vic Pictures pops up. Right. And it was a selfie too. He was like yeah. all teeth, like <laughs> look at the camera. That was hilarious. Let's talk about the date. One of my favorite moments. Miss Tootie and Vic. Did you see that coming? Did you see or predict that? Yes. That's How it. did you predict it? At what point did you predict it? As soon as she's, as soon as, as soon as she said that she was trying to get. Her freak on. Oh, okay. okay I was okay. like, oh, she's gonna, it's gonna be Vic. I mean, right, because it wouldn't be, be Lloyd. Right, right, right. It wouldn't be anybody else. It has to be somebody else. It's gonna be okay. Vic. What'd you guys, what do you guys, <laughs> what'd you guys think about? So Vic and Tootie are at, on a date. They're at Vic's house. And so she's cooking for him. I got gas watching him eat all that pasta. Yeah. I was like, he must have been eating a lot. Like she fed him a lot. Even on a date, <laughs> I'm like, how do you eat that much and think about getting your freak on? On a full stomach like that. <laughs> of spaghetti. Right. Right. I've been passing gas. Disgusting. <laughs> I mean, me. <laughs> well, I wasn't passing gas when I saw it, but um, I thought it was funny. Like, I like the idea of seeing Charlie Murphy in a different way mm-hmm. and seeing Vic in a different way. So seeing Vic high and smiling and playing the guitar and making up dances. Oh, that was and, hilarious. And thrusting in the air like that. I They had a really good day. But the only difference was Miss Tootie knew she was high and Vic didn't. Mm-hmm. So when she came off that high, she realized it was a high. When Vic came off the high, he didn't realize that it was a high. And she also played him. Yes. She played him and she got... She, but I think she had a good time with him, too. I mean, yeah. I don't think that she faked having a good time. No, was, I don't think she... I don't think she... Uh, I don't think she faked having a good time. I think she genuinely had a good time with Vic. Mm-hmm. Um, she even kissed him. 
at the she end did. of the day. So she, I think she, she had some sugar on her. But she's also a businesswoman. She's all, always about her money. So at the same time, she knew she knows that Vic has it out for the community garden. So she got him to lay off. Yeah, because she 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 led him into that while he was yeah. eating. So mm-hmm. you're you're not really gonna trip off this garden, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She definitely did that to him. Yeah. I think it's really more about Jesus for Vic than it's really about the garden. I think they could still keep running the garden, mm-hmm. but if Jesus went away, I think Vic. I think it's more about Jesus. Yeah, her mm-hmm. problem with him, his yeah. problem with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he totally has it out for for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Totally doesn't believe him. So the date's over, and mm-hmm. the next morning. Thirsty, thirsty. So the fellas are outside uh, in the in the the hangout area yeah, yeah, of yeah. the apartment complex, and Vic. One I of don't, the best scenes. I don't even know Yo. where to how to even describe that. Vic is PW without even getting it. I don't even know how else to explain it. Yeah. That and, scene with him. And the and guys, Corey. and then going back and forth, yeah, with with, uh, with Booney, yeah, yeah, uh, Vic and Booney. That probably is on my top three scenes now. Yeah, yeah, because of the show. Vic keeps going in and it's just on and on, and Booney's like, "The fuck are you talking about?" <coughs> right. Like it's just like he can't even keep up with it. And I love when Vic says, "And usually, you know, I fuck on the first date. Right. I do nothing with your mom, not even oral, not even oral, <laughs> right?" <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> it was just on a tangent. <laughs> He, he went in. He did. Yeah. He says, uh, we fell in love when me and your mama get married. I'm going to be your father, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you like, can you imagine being the character of Booney trying to fathom the fact that you got this dude over here who you don't really like is professing to... Don't be, like him at all. Yeah. Who's now professing to be in love with your mother and saying, boy... That he just went on a date with, talking right. about, I'm going right. to be your father. And right. he's a grown man with his own kids, mm-hmm. talking about, I'm going to be your father. Plus, his high is worn off. So what I think is cool about it is Vic <laughs> could actually be a nice, pleasant person if he wanted to, because he's not even high anymore, and he's in a good mood. Yeah. Right. But because he doesn't know that he was drugged, he thinks it's just a continual thing. Mm-hmm. Was he drugged? He was given God's love. Exactly. Yeah. God's love. And he'd been whipped with the ghost. From the Holy Ghost. <laughs> then he had the nerve to tell him to go take the trash out. Right, right. And then, yeah. see, and then he's he like, talking to your friends. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to go upstairs. I need you to take the trash out. <laughs> now, was yeah. was that a part of the script or was some of that improv? A lot of it mm-hmm. was um, script. And then it was a mixture of the two because the scene was already really, really funny. Mm-hmm. But sometimes Charlie might try to throw a line mm-hmm. at Corey to throw Corey off, and then Corey because they're comedians. Yeah. So every now and then they would volley back and forth, and it wasn't on the script. But the the scene as it was written was very funny, and that's pretty much what it was. That is pretty good. That was yeah. a funny scene. That that was Aaron's vision for it to be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black Jesus <laughs> calls Miss Tootie, and Miss Tootie has thirty eight text messages. Blew up. His phone, her phone. Vic then blew up Miss Tootie's phone. Yes. He's in love. And he's oh, with all love. the texts, did you did you read some of them? I saw texts? some of them. I wrote them down. Um, there was uh, something about a soulmate. There was I love you, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a couple other ones. But those Miss only two. Miss Tootie, 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 Oh, I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, he went in. But even the he way he in. even said Miss Tootie's a cutie. Yeah, even, yeah, Miss yeah, Tootie's yeah. a cutie. Uh-huh. And the, even the way when he was outside, he was like Miss Tootie, Miss Tootie, Miss Tootie, 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 Tootie. 
<laughs> and now Miss Tootie knows that she has a problem because she's like, oh boy. But Miss but Miss Tootie is a bad woman though because she comes out there like she knows what she did, and this is because she gave him the tomatoes. But she also lives it like she's been here before. Like, oh, got another right. one fiending for me again. Right. Like, see, like this is not new to her. I'm saying Miss Tootie got a past. We talked about that last week. Yeah, I'm not trying to say it passed like that because I don't want no problems with Angela Gibbs. I'm just saying that, you know, Miss Tootie, you know, well, last, has a last, relationship. Last week when her car was stolen, mm-hmm. Booney said, you... Yeah, I want nothing to do with Booney's coming. I am not co-signing on that. Okay, well, I, I, I I'll just say, think that, you know, Miss Tootie is a wonderful woman. That gentlemen callers like. That's all I'll say. Okay, I don't well, want no problems callers. with my sister. I'll, I'll say callers. this because I asked her about it because she didn't realize that Booney said this. Yeah. So she was like, Booney, he said, she was like, he said, what? So Booney, when Booney was running down the street, he said something to the effect of, do you know, you know what my mama had to do or something in regards to his mama had to give up ass in order to get yeah, the Yeah, I think that was an improv line. That's yeah, probably why I, she didn't yeah, know. I believe it was an improv line. Yeah. And so I asked Miss Tootie, I said, Miss Tootie, is your character, is she, is she a hoe? No, nah, Miss Tootie's not no hoe. Not at all. I think Miss Tootie has lived, mm-hmm. but I don't think Miss Tootie is a hoe. Mm-hmm. Hey, Angela. <laughs> I mean, she, uh, she obviously don't have a good relationship with Booney's daddy. She talks but about that him might like be that might be Booney's daddy fault. We don't know that until you know we meet Booney's daddy. That's true. Yes, because so there because as my friend Marquetta says, there are three sides to every story. So that would be Miss Tootie's side, Booney's daddy's side, and what actually happened. Right. So we'll see. But I did say this last week when Angela was here. Mrs. Tootie, when she looks at Booney, she sees Booney's dad, which right. is why she's so so. Like every episode, it has something to do with, you know, something, something, something in regards to your daddy. So it's something that went on in their relationship Uh where she's taken, she's taken, she's taken her feelings out on Booney because obviously there's a, there's a parallel. They must obviously favor or do something. So I personally wonder. She associates everything with everything. I do wonder, and this will be something I guess we can ask you now for when season, I predict season two is going to, uh, is going to come. So, and so with that being said, who do you think will be a good care, uh, a good actor to play Booney's dad? You know, it really depends. And it's Mm. funny because over the past week, I've kind of been obsessing over the idea Mm -hmm. just to get ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. And it depends. Like, do, and it depends on what Aaron wants. Do we want Booney's dad to look a lot like Booney? Mm -hmm. If we want him to look a lot like Booney, then I think someone like John Amos or someone like that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like to me, it would be very entertaining or, um, or Wendell Pierce from The Wire. Or what's the actor's name from The Wire that was she? Remember him? Remember mm-hmm. the guy from The Wire? You, oh I've God. never seen The Wire. I never wow. seen The Wire either. Okay, well there's this there's this very <laughs> iconic character and he would always go she. Anyway, him. I just feel like it would be cool if Booney's dad is oh, supposed I know to look like talking Booney. About. I know exactly who you're yeah. talking about. Because he does it almost in every movie. He does it in everything he now. He does it in everything. I just, it, it would be cool like if Booney's dad is supposed to look a lot like Booney in the physical sense of it. I would like it to be a cameo where as soon as you see him, you're really excited about seeing him. Mm-hmm. Or 
what if Booney's dad used to look like Booney, but he got his shit together, and now he's Dennis Haysbert, and he looks like that. That's exactly what like, I was thinking you know the whole I mean? time, Dennis Haysbert. So it just depends on... He'd be great for it. I yeah, think, or Mario Van Peebles. Just somebody just fly I thought, now that I, just got it together. I thought whoever Booney's dad would be has to be like the cream of the crop, like some top, top you know, A-list actor because there's so much talk about... I definitely think it should be a cameo. Yeah. I definitely think it should be a cameo, but um, I don't know if if it's too, too famous, will it be distracting? It just really depends. It just depends. I think a Dennis Haysbirth would be good. I think so. Because you have to think that Miss Tootie wouldn't be with, you know, he would be with a fly dude. I mean, she she would be able to fly, dude. So, but not the way she talks about Booney. That's the thing. So if if if, if Booney's dad is a no good lazy nigga, then he should look like a no, no good lazy nigga. Or was he a no good lazy nigga? And then Miss Tootie kicked him to the curb, and he got his shit together, and now he's in his Haysburg. Yeah, and because he lost, you know, eighty pounds. It just kind of depends on which way Aaron wants to take it. I don't know. Or maybe know. she just scored, so she just talks all this shit, and he's really not anything like how she said. Oh, yeah. or, or maybe Booney, yeah. Booney never even met his father. Maybe they or broke up too. when, yeah, when Booney was like five. And so she just paints this picture of him being a lazy, go, no good, fat nigga, and he's not that at all. Right. And then Booney grew up like that because she was always talking shit. Exactly. But he's really nothing like that. But in actuality, he's fine and like a CEO, and right. his wife is white. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like you just never. I don't know. We just you know whatever um, Mr. Magruder and um, Mike Clattenburg want is what it will be, and then I'll just cast accordingly. So we'll see. I think that there's a be, lot of fun ways to play it, right? And then there um, is there the potential of uh, Angela Gibbs' mom, Marla, potentially coming to play. I, Am well, I asking too much? We don't have a, a season two just yet, but. Um, Marla's definitely interested. She came to set and she had a really great time being there and she loves the show and she already came up with ideas for her character that doesn't even exist. So um, she definitely wants to do it. Okay. So I can't see why she wouldn't if she wants to do it if we have season two. But again, that's on Erin. Oh, as as Miss Tootie's mom. Yeah. I would love to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what she wants to do. And Angela wants it too. So we'll see. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think it would be very exciting. I think it would be great too. Well, let's get right, right back. Um, let's get right back into it. So now, Mrs. Tootie basically now has to break down to Vic that it's a wrap. It's over. Yes. And so now they're at the they're at some kind of a dinner mm-hmm. or something, and Vic is just not. Nah. He's not trying to have it. Like Miss Tootie's trying to tell him, like, look, uh, what does she say? She says. Uh, she says, it ain't going to work. I'm a stoner. I get fucked up, nigga. It ain't going to work. Matter of fact, I'm high right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, he's like, it's about the comment that dusty, bad bed and beyond robe wearing nigga put, <laughs> put you up to this. Right. <laughs> so Tootie is very blunt as far as this is not working. Right. Vic is it has it in his own mind that it's all about black Jesus. Yeah. And so that's where I think it gets really interesting because will we see Vic because there is a part two, will we see Vic still continuing to to go after Mrs. Tootie or will he go after black Jesus? Mm. Like there's so many different ways that this can go cuz he even he even said when um when they were having the conversation earlier, he mentioned something about how he's going to be with Mrs. Tootie, but you need to stay away from him. He was like, "Black Jesus, I need you to stay away from Miss Tootie." Right. right. So you kind of do wonder 
how this is gonna uh, pan out for the rest of the episodes. I what, think I think he's gonna. Um, I think he's gonna get over the fact that Miss Tootie is not feeling him, and then he's gonna even feel the flames of him going after Black Jesus. It's yeah. gonna make it worse mm-hmm. for him. Actually, it's gonna heighten the stakes. You know, and now he has more fuel to the fire of hating black Jesus. Why do you guys think that he didn't believe her and wasn't accepting her breakup? Like, what was your perception of that? Um, I do, I'll say man's ego. Mm. Man's ego, like, you don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> you what know. do you think? I think maybe he was just still off that high. Mm. You know, he's still on that high. You know, he's... Yeah. And he's had the best feeling ever, and he's lonely. Yeah. He's oh, a, he's a lonely dude. Yeah. You know, that's why he can't do nothing but, you know, just mess with the convict. Convict! You know, he's always on him. Like, leave, like, leave him alone. Like, what yeah. are you he doing? He doesn't have anything else to do. He, he no manages the apartment, mm-hmm. which is not exactly a nine to five. So yeah. he, he just he doesn't really have anything to do all day. Now, what do you think about Mrs. What do you think about Mrs. Tootie? Because Mrs. Tootie, she doesn't have a man. So why do you? Why do you think Tootie, Miss Tootie, broke up with Vic? Besides the fact of maybe she felt wrong for what she did to him. I think she broke up with Vic because he was on one at six a.m. outside her house. That would have been enough. That would have been enough. That was she, too much. Yeah. I don't think she planned on keeping him anyway. I don't think she planned on. She might not have planned on keeping him, but I don't think that she would have <laughs> broken up, up up with him that way. He was just he was tripping. Plus, Jesus didn't like the idea of what she did either, and she doesn't. You know, she wants to listen to her Lord and Savior. One of the funniest. <laughs> one of the funniest things that Tootie said. <laughs> She, she said, this Jesus. ain't the first nigga obsessed with Tootie. Exactly. She said, you see all this? Like, for real. <laughs> Yo, her profile pic was smoking. Y'all saw her profile pic? Yeah. She was giving sexy eyes in that profile pic. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was quite hilarious. So now the last part that we want to discuss before we, you know, discuss your career and everything else. Okay. In the very last scene, we have Jason and Diane who are together eating dinner and so Jason already realizes that hmm Miss Tootie what you did to Vic is a brilliant idea so now he goes and takes the same idea of what Miss Tootie did to Vic and now he takes it and he uses it on his girlfriend mm-hmm. Diane to de- um to deflect what's going on in the relationship and with the Jays and stuff what do you guys think about that that whole uh, scenario well, I think that Miss Tootie and Jason both tried to use the tomatoes as a way to hypnotize them, and mm-hmm. it didn't work that way. But that's that's in their mind what they thought that they could do because mm-hmm. she he gave Diane the tomatoes and then said, "You're not really worried about us anymore, baby, right?" And she's like, "No, I'm not worried about a thing." I think that they try to use it for that, mm-hmm. and um, but he hadn't seen the act after effects of of Vic and Tootie and you know Jesus being angry and all that. Mm-hmm. Now, what I might slip them on to somebody. I'm not even gonna lie. <clears throat> if there were green tomatoes, and I, I might give a tomato or two to somebody. You need a tomato. I know some people that need it. <laughs> I be eating tomatoes all day. I wanted to actually try that sauce. I was like, that would look good, like pesto. It did look good. It did look good. Mm, not. Mm. 
I'll pass. <laughs> You'll pass. Yeah. You'll pass on the Lord's love, God's love and kindness. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think I would be. I would be tempted to slip it to somebody, especially if it's not a drug. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's just going to make them nice and filled with God's love. I might slip it to a couple of people. God's love in the sauce. I will fall into that temptation. Slip it to somebody. You wouldn't. You wouldn't slip it to anybody. Actually, there's a couple people that I would slip it to. Yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting is uh, Jason has been very adamant about trying to get Diane to go to the garden. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to backfire on him. Why? I don't know why, but just the thought of back, because it would be too easy for her to go and and to to see everything go well. I think yeah. it that will be the easy route. So I feel like something, the shit needs to hit the fan. And I feel like that's probably why there's a part two. Plus... You know, you have the whole the situation with Vic. So, plus the horses you, are still running around. The but what do you, you think notice? that that Diane would see? Because there's no weed there, and it's it's a community growing vegetables. It looks like a pretty uh, a garden on the up and up. Well, they are. Where's the money, though? Yeah, the money and the they're selling the tomatoes to these cannabis. Like, I can't figure it out yet. Okay, but just. Give me, just let me think about it, and then I and then I hit you on Twitter. But it it's too easy for her to just go, and everything is great, right? So I think something has hit the fan. Those horses and- are still running around. <laughs> yeah, Diane's character is interesting because she she's young, so she's a young detective, which means that she must have worked very hard to get through the ranks to even get to detective status at such a young age. So she takes her job very seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that Valencia plays that very well. Because everything about Diane, she just she takes it too seriously. Yeah. But when she's not a detective, she's sweet and nice and buying her boyfriend Jays and, and that kind of thing. So Speaking of young, I have to admit that when I went into the casting of Black Jesus and I saw you... <laughs> I said, oh, she's awfully young for a casting director. Yes. So I was happy about that. And so now let's talk about you and how did you become a part of this project for casting for Black Jesus? Well, um, well, thank you for that that uh, compliment. People usually think that I'm younger than I am. I'm 35. Um, Dang, she just put it out there. I'm not afraid. That's hey. impressive. So, um, the Adult Swim reached out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, someone in the development department, shout out to Walt Newman, reached out to me who I had known, um, for a while and sent me the script, but he didn't say Aaron Magruder just sent me the script. Mm-hmm. And so I read it and I was like, whoa, what is this? And then I called him back and then he told me Aaron. And then I reread it and I read it from a completely different perspective. It had a completely different tone right. than it did going into it cold. Cause mm-hmm. once he said Aaron, I got, Satire. I got the vibe of Boondocks. I got it. Mm-hmm. And then I read it again, and then I saw it a completely different way. So I agreed to do it, and then um, we just started casting the main characters. And Slink was in every pre-read with me, which was a lot of fun. Okay. So Slink read with every actor, the good, the bad, the ones that tried to molest him to try to get a role, mm-hmm. just everything you man this one woman literally was trying to touch his butt in the scene and she was she was auditioning for Miss Tootie so she was a mom so it was like a mom character wow. and, and but I didn't see it like Slink told me after she left because mm-hmm. he, you know his butt was not facing me mm-hmm. and he was so uncomfortable and was like I didn't know what to do and we rewatched the tape and I could see her arm go down and I'm thinking what how did yeah so Slink was there the whole ride mm-hmm. And um, it was a lot of fun. Jesus. 
Yes, and he's Jesus. How he's playing gonna, Jesus. How you gonna molest Jesus? Man, this woman tried to molest <laughs> our poor Slank Johnson. Wow. She did. Try to molest our Lord. Same <laughs> on you, wherever you are. So, so we cast the mm-hmm. we cast the pilot and shot the pilot. Then the show was picked up, but we shot the pilot as if it was going to be a fifteen minute, and then we it got picked up as a thirty. Mm-hmm. So then we added more characters, Maggie and Miss Tootie, and then went to series. So it's been a long journey. We I started in April of last year. The pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to be honest. The the one thing that I do not like about the show is that it is not longer. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one thing that irritates me because I'm like, dang it, it's over already. (laughs) It pisses me off. But you know, I wish it was at least, I wish it was like maybe, I don't know, 40 minutes or something. I think what shows are 40 minutes? I don't know. Like, you know, like there's some, there's some, uh, like Netflix shows or whatever that are like, I think you feel the way only because you watch it online through demand. If you're watching it, at 11 o'clock, 4.30 minutes where you have to go through commercials right. and go through the full 30 minutes, I don't feel you would feel that same way. I mean, I definitely want more after it's over. Yeah, that's the feeling I get. I just want, yeah. I want more. I want to watch more. I wish it was longer. That's why I just wish it was longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you really take to the characters. Like, I, I, I tweeted you when you did the um, John Witherspoon impression. Uh-huh. You do a very good John Witherspoon. <laughs> I love John. John's fantastic. Bang, bang, bang. Well, okay, so <laughs> speaking of John Witherspoon, what was it like, you know, casting, you know, say like John Witherspoon and Charlie Murphy? Were they someone who were already in the works or did did they have to audition for some well, of the bigger characters? Um, Aaron definitely had already wanted um, Charlie. And then for the pilot, the homeless man was only really in one scene mm-hmm. at first. And then John was just so amazing that it just it, it became bigger than that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, those they didn't audition. They're, they're John Witherspoon and Charlie Murphy. Yeah. Those are just people that Aaron wanted. Yeah, 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 definitely. And they're fantastic. Yeah, they have intangible qualities they bring to they to do. a set to a scene that nobody else can, because, can bring to the table. If anyone else played John, I mean, if anyone else played Lloyd, you might not like Lloyd because right. he's always messing stuff up and he's lying mm-hmm. and he's conniving. Mm-hmm. But he's so lovable the way that John plays him. I just I love Lloyd, especially the episode three, the shit heist when he tore apart Fish's apartment. Right. That was hilarious. Yeah, like he like he tore, he ate all his food. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yep. He sli- he stripped down all his clothes like <laughs> And I love how 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 easily he's up. able to manipulate Vic. Me too. And I was saying that I like the dynamic of their relationship because they're slowly but surely becoming friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they need each other. Obviously, Lloyd needs Vic more, and so he always finds ways to manipulate him. But then, you know, Vic, as we've said, he's lonely. He doesn't have a woman, so he needs a friend. Right. So in the very oddest way, Vic and Lloyd are friends in a very... And it's interesting because if you notice, I think it was in the first episode... Um, Vic goes to go talk to Lloyd. He already knows Lloyd's name. Mm-hmm. So prior to this whole Jesus thing, Vic knew Lloyd's name. So I wonder what their life was like before Vic was commissioning Lloyd to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Because he knew his name. So if, if Vic is the way that he is, how did he even get to know this homeless person's name? I find that interesting. That is interesting. That is, that is interesting. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to continue on. So you... You were so you did the casting of this. Were there any other um, interesting, you know, castings that for the show yeah, or for other shows for this show? I want to get into some other stuff, oh, but you know, for Black let's Jesus. Let's see. Um, 
Angela Gibbs had an amazing audition. Mm-hmm. I won't go into detail about it because I always go into detail about it and she laughs because I always do in her presence. But she had one of the best auditions I've ever seen. Really? One of the best auditions. She, her, one of our audition scenes was episode five where they go to steal her car back. Mm-hmm. And so in the room, there's just chairs <clears throat> and Angela was on the ground and she was rolling around and she was shooting fake. Like she just, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my life. She just really came in to get that role. So she had an amazing, amazing audition. What about what about some of the other ones? Like you've had you had Antoine Tanner, you had Kelly Hawk, you had um you had Andre Fuller. Mm-hmm. Um when you're casting for when you're casting say for, you know, like Black Jesus, um what is it that embodies to you how do you know when someone is, this is the person, this is the person, this is this person, he's this person, or he or she's this person? Oh, that's a good question. I, I listen to Aaron and Mike. Mm-hmm. I, what I do is, after I've read the script, I go through all the roles, and I literally ask them, do you want this or do you want that? Do you want this person to be attractive? Do you want the moment we see this person, we're laughing before they even say anything? Mm-hmm. When we see this person, do we trust them? Like I, I even ask what is the goal of how the viewer is going to prejudge them? So I, I just, from top to bottom, I ask a lot of questions about how they perceive the role. Mm-hmm. And and then once I have all of that and I start to see people, it just kind of just happens. And with Angela, not only did Miss Tootie have to be all the things that she is, but she's also still a mom and has a great relationship with Jesus. Right. And she loves Jesus and Jesus loves her. And right. they're very much so friends. And when Angela left, Slink, we, well, we all did. We missed her. Like, mm-hmm. when she pre-read in our audition and she left, we, we missed her presence. Right. And Sling talked about her all day. Like, damn, I love Angela Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Like, we just got to get Angela <laughs> Like, he talked about Angela for, like, a week because she just had this warm thing to her but also didn't take any mess. Mm-hmm. And that, that, was, that was what Aaron was looking for. So, for a lot of people, it was that. And with Jason, Jason has to be smart enough to pull a detective. There has to be something going. He has to have potential mm-hmm. for a detective to see to want to date him. So that's why Antoine Tanner made sense. And then Fish is the one that I could you imagine like a hood dude in Compton and one day Jesus just pops up and that's your friend. Like Fish is the one that's just really struggling with being who he's been for however many years he's existed on this earth and having to edit himself now that Jesus is his friend. But Jesus also speaks the same language as him and, mm-hmm. and also Jesus can be a little indignant at times. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for him to coexist. And and I feel like if I was any character on the show, if Jesus was to really come back, I would be Trayvon. Like, I appreciate Trayvon. Right. He He's faithful no matter what he does, whatever Jesus says. He's always by his side. Mm-hmm. Like, he's there would be that person. I feel like the show just really embodies realistically how things would happen. There would be an atheist cop that thought that this was a cult leader and tried to get him off the street. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there would be that. There would be an indignant person like Lloyd who knows he's Jesus, but is still like, fuck you because you won't give me the lotto numbers. Like, right. there would be a person that would ask Jesus for the lotto numbers and then mm-hmm. feel a type of way when Jesus wouldn't give them to him. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love about the show because I think if Jesus, if Jesus really came back to Compton, a lot of these people exist. And a lot that's of these true. experiences would really happen. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm a fan of Black Jesus. We are a fan of Black Jesus. It's like a homeless person to ask for a dollar and then cuss you out. He cuss you out. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen that happen. Like, yeah. People ask for a dollar Man. and then you're like, no, sorry. And then they cuss you out. 
There was this one time um, I was on Sam. You know where um, Highland pours into La Brea and it's like Samson San La right there. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that had a, a. He was like he said I was a homeless vet. I need a dollar. Please give me a dollar. Is what the sign said. So my friend was sitting next to me and we had just come from Roscoe's. And she's like, "Oh, can you give him my Roscoe's?" And I could tell by his vibe that he's not gonna take Roscoe's. He's like this crazy militant. Ex vet. I don't even want to talk to this man. I, I said, I'll roll down my window, but you have to talk to him. So I rolled down my window and he leaned into my window. She said, Hi, we just came from Roscoe's and I want to, you know, I didn't really eat all of it. Here's like half a waffle and some chicken. And he leaned into my window now, like to where he's like right here, but he's looking at her. And he said, Can't you read the fucking sign? It says dollars, dollars. I hope you fucking kids cancer, you idiot. And he walked away and I was dying. What? And she was in tears because he was so angry. Mm-hmm. Those people are crazy. But no, it really happened. And she was crying, and I thought it was so funny because I told her, <laughs> I told you not to give this man no waffle. That sign clearly says give me a dollar. Oh my and goodness. he looks crazy. But I've been to New York, and the, the homeless people in New York are like that. There's some out here like that, too. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Before I'm staying away from that intersection. Man. I'm staying away from that intersection. I want to just go a little bit into some of the other stuff that you did. Now, you were part of the In Living Color when it was supposed to be revamped a couple years ago. And so you did the casting, I guess, for the episode, for the pilot or episode one? Yeah, it was supposed to be a special bringing back In Living Color, like the 25th anniversary. Mm -hmm. It was like an anniversary for Fox. Mm -hmm. And they were there was supposed to be um, a bunch of different specials for different shows, like Married with Children, a few Mm -hmm. different things. Mm -hmm. But it just didn't ever happen. Well, it it was cast and it was shot. I don't Mm -hmm. know what happened with it. Okay, gotcha. And then, so let's talk about Jimmy Kimmel Live. You, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. You did it's such a big show yeah, now. It's huge. And so you did 33 episodes back in 2006. What what, wow. what did you do as uh, on Jimmy Kimmel? I cast the sketches for the first act. And this when I worked on Kimmel, Guillermo, who's a security guard, uh-huh. was still literally a security guard there. Wow. He's not now, and now he's like a part of the show, but he literally worked at the show and was security. And then when he was doing an episode, he would do an episode and do a sketch or whatever, but he literally was security at that door. That's wow. Funny. Yeah, Jimmy uses a lot of his his people. His cousin Sal is really his cousin Sal. His uncle is really his uncle. Like, he, anyone that was playing security for the show was really security for the show. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. What What made you get into casting? Oh, <laughs> well, I had some friends, um, Megan Good and Ty Hodges, mm-hmm. who at the time were being typecast. Like, Ty Hodges was on a show called Even Stevens on Disney. Mm-hmm. And so he could only do Disney-type stuff. He could only get in the room for that. And at the time, Megan was very much a sex symbol. Mm-hmm. So, And they were best friends. So Ty wrote a project called Miles From Home mm-hmm. where he got to play an edgier role. And then Megan got to play... A, bub- a bubbly, non-sexy type, which is actually a lot like her her real life persona. Yeah, I've seen it. And oh, and she. Asked, <laughs> <laughs> I guess the probably people see it because it was just it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. But um, so they asked me to cast it, and I said I don't know anything about casting. And Ty said, "You're so particular about actors, and you have such a strong opinion about who's in what. You'd be great at it." Mm-hmm. So they showed me what sides were and what breakdowns were, and I went to performing arts high school. So once an actor came in and I had to read with them, it just became second nature. Mm-hmm. 
And then the film got attention from festivals, and it just started to just get me work, and I just became a casting director. So that was Ty and Megan. I'm a casting director because of Ty Hodges and Megan Good. Hi, Ty Hodges idea. and Megan Good. Hi, Ty and Megan. <laughs> yeah. Are there ever moments when you're uh, casting and someone looks the part and you feel visually they're perfect for the part, but maybe they did a terrible read? Yes. Yeah, but terrible in different ways. Like, like um, if someone is perfect, and I can tell they're they're they had a bad performance because they're thinking about the words, mm-hmm. then I'll let them improv it with me. I'll mm-hmm. say this is the scenario. Like for Jason, when people read for Jason, I was Diane, mm-hmm. and I'm basically arguing with you, telling you I don't want you hanging out with homeless dudes. Was basically the scene that we did, mm-hmm. which was the first episode. So if someone was was stumbling through that, I'd say put the sides down. Let's not worry about the words. I'm Diane, you're Jason, you're not supposed to be hanging with this dude, you're supposed to be finding a job, and I just caught you on the corner. I'm about to confront you. Let's go. And then I'll say, Jason, what are you doing out here? And then we'll go back and forth, and then I'll pull it out of him through that way, and then I'll just film that version of the performance. Got you. Yeah. There's a method to the madness. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. Because when people get caught up in the words, you can see them thinking about the next word, and the, so then they're not acting. Right. Or worse, they're coming in and they're reading from a paper. Oof. How about Oof, that's rough. How about reading someone and then, like, oh, they have a good read, but you're like, they'll be good for this other role. Oh, that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This person will be perfect for this other character. Yeah, How yeah. How do you, like, make that? Does it, like, hit you when someone's playing... Like reading for one character, and then it just hits you upside the head. That is like they'll be perfect for this other character. Yeah, that's it happens nothing a like lot. that character. Yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah, and and it's happened a lot on this show. I can't say who and when and why, right. but it's happened on this show. <laughs> there are people that audition for one thing and got something different, or people that audition for series regulars roles that ended up being day players for something else. Speaking of that, can you? I want to the the Hispanics, the Mexicans that they call. The Cholo, Spider and DiCarlo. R- really Jason quickly, Negro. what was the process? What was the audition process like for that? Because those two guys are hilarious, Carlos <laughs> Listen, and Marcelo. That, that <laughs> looking for Trigger and Spider was really an embarrassment of riches because there were so many amazing Latino actors that came in for that. Like we literally had seven that were top choices, and Mike and Aaron had to figure out which two that they liked. Like there were just so many great people. And I think Marce- Marcelo, Marcelo plays Spider. Mm-hmm. He had that signature hyena like, Jesus, Negro! <laughs> he did that in the audition. <laughs> and, and Aaron loved that. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what really made him stand out. And I think Carlos, who played the, um, the Carl Trigger, he, he stood out because he was the scary, menacing one, mm-hmm. but he also had comedic timing. Like, a lot of people that came in, they were funny the entire time, or they were straight the entire time. And Carlos could do both, and Marcelo could do both. Because even if he's laughing Mm. and joking one moment, it can get serious and he can pull out a gun. They just had layers that just were perfect. And they worked so well together. Mm -hmm. I love. And they look nothing like that. Yeah. They look nothing like that. Yeah, in person, they look nothing. They look nothing like that in person. Very nice guys. It was so funny doing the drive-by, and he was like, don't look at me. (laughs) 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 Don't look at me. He kept shooting. Because sometimes gangsters have a sense of humor. Right. Yeah. It was funny. 
They, they did a good job. Before we go, tell us a little bit about TalentOverstock.com, something that you started a couple years ago. Oh, yes. Okay, so TalentOverstock was something I started when I first became a casting director because going back to, to Ty and Megan and, and, and them talking about my passion for casting, it always bothered me when I would say, see the same people over and over and over again. Even as a viewer for television and film, I get tired of seeing the same five black actresses. And so once I first started casting, talk about that all the time. It's like for real. Oh, wasn't that her brother in the last movie? Yeah, and now they playing boyfriend just, girl. Like for real. Like, I was, I, but when I was I'm younger, talk afterwards. But, but when I was younger, I just assumed that this was the best that was out there. So when I became a casting director and I started bringing people in, I was like, this person's better than such and such. And it just and it just kept building and building and building, and then the list just got so long of so many people that were more talented than the actors that were working and were just as attractive, and it really started to frustrate me. And then as I talked to actors, because actors really trained me how to be a casting director, which is probably why the casting process with me is very pleasant and fun. I'm not. It's not very. I'm on a throne. Uh, impress me. I, it's a very cool, lax environment. And a lot of actors said. That um, cast directors are mean, and that, um, and then, uh, and then a lot of the the, ta- the the actors that I think are fantastic that never get roles, they say they can't get into rooms, like they can't even get to see these actors. So when I heard that, I said, "Well, I'm gonna everyone that I think is great, I'm just gonna post on Talent Overstock to say I've done the work. These people are fantastic. This is what you can use them for. I'm showing my cards. Here they are." So that if you don't want to sit through 50 bad people, because sometimes it's hard to sit through a whole day of everybody sucking. But it's so rewarding to me by that fourth hour for someone to come in that's amazing that that, you know, didn't have a a shot otherwise. Like I cast Robert Townsend in The Hive. And at the time for the lead for Extra Keys, they wanted a star name. And none of the star names that were big then I thought were good enough to play that role. And so I really wanted Jonathan McDaniel to come in. And he was so amazing. And he was a star of that film. And then that was a domino effect of Don- Jonathan getting so many more opportunities. He's on Hit the Floor now. Mm-hmm. And and I like to be a vessel for that. Like, so many people are that. Mm-hmm. And, like, Damon Wayans Jr. was on my site before people even knew that there was a Damon Wayans Jr., and I really need to get on it more because and post more often because I probably haven't posted in like a year or two, which is insane. But there's so many people that are great out there that are just not getting an opportunity. Like, as great as Angela Gibbs is, why are we just now seeing Angela Gibbs on a regular basis? I have right. to agree. It's crazy. Yeah. Because people weren't bringing Angela Gibbs in. And so that was the point of Talent Overstock. So, yeah. We'll talk afterwards. No! <laughs> We're going to name names when these cameras come off. <laughs> let's go into uh, let's go into predictions and then we'll wrap this up. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. So, love thy neighbor part two. I know you can't say much or anything. So, uh, Mr. Thaddeus, you mean love thy enemy. Yes, love thy enemy. Part I two. said neighbor. Well, yes. yes, my bad. Isn't that on own? <laughs> Yes. You watch that? No. Yes, he does. Sure. But love that it's <laughs> No, I don't have cable. But anyway, oh my goodness. what's your prediction for part two for next week? Uh, something has to happen with these horses that keep trotting around. They still galloping around. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like something with Diane. I think some Diane has to come over to the garden and something is not gonna be copacetic. We how many episodes we have left? Like four. We have four episodes left? Yeah. Okay. So Vic is still going to pursue 
Miss Tootie. Mm-hmm. But it's going to turn more into this fuel that's been this flame that's been fueled against black Jesus even more. So I don't even know what's going to happen with this councilman either. I don't know if he's going to come back. Some of this councilman situation, something might occur with that as well. Well, I'm going to predict in addition to, I think it's going to hit the fan with Diane coming to, to the garden. Yeah. We've seen, we've seen, um, We've seen a lot with some of the characters, but we still haven't seen Fish's backstory. We still haven't seen um, uh, Mags, and we haven't seen Trayvon's. So I think that before the season uh, season one is over, they're going to have to touch on each of these characters because we we've already seen Booney, we've seen Vic, we've seen every we've seen all these other characters, but. I feel like there's more to I feel like everyone has such a, a unique story that all brings everyone together that there has to be something that happens with Fish or something there has to be more of his storyline with mm. with Fish, Trayvon and and Mag. So I feel like that's gonna be maybe the 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 side B story of what's to be a part of part two that's going to forward into to episodes uh, eight, nine, and ten. Something has to happen with this councilman. Yeah. I think you don't bring a DC Curry in just to come in there and look around and get clowned on. And that is, that is a good <laughs> point. <laughs> I do feel. I do you feel. I do feel he's going to come. Something has to. He has to. He has to have some weight where he can actually maybe pull a permit type of deal. Like you guys have a permit to be here. Blah blah blah. Something he can do. Something he's a councilman, so he has like some political ties to maybe and a pimp and an ex pimp and an ex pimp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have some hoes walk through there. Or something <laughs> to I don't know. Now, infecting the n- stuff. Who now, knows? Amber, is know. there anything you can tell us of what we can look forward to for the rest of the season? Yes, really funny episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, you guys. I try. Really funny episodes. <laughs> okay. Well, I personally want to uh, thank you for not only uh, for being uh, our guest raptor, but CB, but I just want to thank you because, you know, you were talking about how giving other actors a chance. Mm-hmm. You gave me a chance, and I've been able yeah. to work, you know, since then. So I personally, on national TV, I personally want to thank you uh, for just cool. giving me a chance and opportunity to be a part of Black Jesus. I really, really love you the show. You did a good job. It was so, fun, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, thank you, you, you so can't much. want a good Sally, day. Sally, Sally. <laughs> Salut. <laughs> so, Amber, let everyone know where you could be found on social media. Oh, um, uh, Twitter is Amber Bickham, Instagram is Amber Bickham. Everything's Amber Bickham. Yeah. Amber okay. Bickham's in the head. Go ahead. It's Club Thaddeus at Instagram and Twitter. C L U B T H A W D E U S and GQJedi.com. And you can find me on all social media at Bam Erickson. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode here at Afterbus TV for Black Jesus. We will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Peace. Yay. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 